0: A referral is somebody bringing you a free client, much readier to go than that client probably was at the beginning. There was a gradient of resistance, there was a learning curve, there might have been negotiations over fee, there may have been questions about as to your credibility, which over time you overcame, and so eventually they came online and adopted. Other people come ready to go, and that's a referral. A referral is a free case that comes ready. So I, I realized I'll specialize in that. And then I, I did that work for a lot of people. And then I found out that lawyers were uh, aggressive advertisers, the most aggressive advertisers. They're mentally engaged people. They're people who live by their mind, by their brain, by distinctions, thoughts, observations, perceptions. So I could talk to them in a language that they immediately recognized. And they never said to me, never, a single lawyer ever said to me, um, do you have a background in psychology? What's your degree? What's your, nobody ever asked me that. They just literally responded to understanding. So I would ask them questions, they would tell me things, I'd say, okay, well, here's what that means, and they'd go, wow. So I found that, A, I can bond with lawyers, I like lawyers, referrals is the most important thing in the world, so then I focused on referrals.
1: Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. Boy, do we have an exciting guest lined up for you today. This is a gentleman that I originally met when I began my journey of personal development. He was a veteran in a course that at the time I was very new to, which was called The Silva Method. It was a very powerful program, and I was intrigued by this cerebral, brilliant gentleman. He is one of the world's top thought leaders when it comes to helping personal injury lawyers access the power of referrals. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only Tom St. Louis. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hi, Nikki. Thanks for the (laughs) buildup. My pleasure, brother. My pleasure. So, Tom, my listener is on this show listening to you because they're an entrepreneur. They are an aspiring or actual thought leader. They want to learn from you. They want to be able to bring what you give them into what they do because their mission, their vision is to make a difference for themselves, for their clients, and for the people they care about. Like you, they're society's greatest hero. They're an entrepreneur. But before they can truly open their hearts to you, they need to know who you are. So Tom St. Louis,
0: tell us your backstory. How'd you get to be the great
1: Tom St. Louis?
0: You mean the real story or the the good sort of corporate sheen narrative? The real story, pal. Well, the real story is I'm a musician. The real story for me is business is something that I had a, a an aptitude for that surprised me, because I was always a little poetic dreamer. One day I was in a chalet, which we used to call it in Montreal, where the sk- skates are uh, changed, where people get ready for hockey, and I was there with this Fagan guy who was helping us to sell magazine bundles from door to door to make money. And I, I found it interesting. So I went door to door and I found out that I could sell some and I could not sell some. And I found others could sell a heck of a lot more. And I thought, wow, what's the difference between somebody who sells a lot more and somebody who just sells a few? But in my mind, I was sort of like the poet who was just sort of in an enemy camp, checking out the weird people who would go door to door selling magazines, even though I was doing it. And then the Fagan guy, he was probably 14 years old. And he seemed like a masterly dude because we were eight years old. And the uh, Fagan guy said, so why do you think all these uh, magazines are willing to have their magazines bundled so cheap? And I just looked at it and said, well, I guess they want to increase circulation so they can increase their advertising revenue. And the guy gave me a really weird look. And the funny thing is I gave myself a weird look. Like, where the hell did that come from? How the hell would I know that? I mean, I, this is not me. And this is – so many years later – I was doing music. I went to Europe. I came back. I was in Montreal, and somebody asked me to help them with their business. And I said, okay. Uh, my skills at that time were playing guitar and unloading trucks. So I showed up the next morning, nice and bright and early, ready to move a desk or whatever. And she said, no, no, no. I want you to help me with my business, like the strategy and the. So she recognized some perspicacity that I might have had that I didn't even know I had. So I asked her a bunch of questions about her business, and her business was print broker, and I'd never heard of it, but. At the end of me asking questions, I made some suggestions. I said, I'll make three suggestions. And she wrote them down, you know, and I forgot all about it. And then six months later, I was in Montreal and she said, hey, I doubled my business. I said, oh, thank you. I said, you know, I said, congratulations. That's incredible. And she said, no, 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 no. Your suggestions, I did the things you suggested, which I totally forgotten. So that gave me a clue. It gave me a clue that I had aptitude that I didn't even know I had. And the aptitude was something that was almost uh, pure. I wasn't attached to it. I just had a little ability to observe things. And many years later, I got into marketing because, to, you know, I'm doing a gig and if you're doing a really beautiful art gig, you are not. You may not make any money. You may have to end up going out of pocket to do the gig. Even though, you know, it cost $6 to get in there are 100 people there, there was a lot of complexity in me trying to do my music. So I had to find a way to make money and I had to find a way to make money in the briefest amount of time. So I was looking for efforts where I could uh, make a huge difference for somebody. And I noticed that business owners like to get new customers. And so I discovered that if you can get a business owner, new customers, they'll pay you a lot more their, than the receptionist who sits there all day, every day, 365 days a year. And that just knocked me out that I'm being paid more than the receptionist just to come in here and there and to figure out ways to get the more customers. So then I wanted to figure out what's the best way to get people customers. And I spent years with Jay Abraham and Nikki. I'm sure you know Jay Abraham. He's like the Absolutely. You know, the, ultimate, yeah, the ultimate wizard. He coached me personally. I was personally coached by Jay Abraham, okay? So therefore, I'm cool. But anyway, so Jay was, <laughs> <laughs> Jay was like, that was my PhD. I, I brought him a whole bunch of files. I said, tell me what I should do for all these clients. He told me what I should do for all these clients. I said, that's what I'm doing for all these clients. I guess I've got the PhD now, you know? So I considered myself, okay, I arrived. Jay Abraham approved my Approach, but what I noticed was referrals is the ultimate in marketing. If you can do referrals, it's the best thing you can do because if you think about it, a referral is somebody bringing you a free client, much readier to go than that client probably was at the beginning. There was a gradient of resistance. There was a learning curve. There might have been negotiations over fee. There may have been questions about as to your credibility, which over time you overcame, and so eventually they came online and adopted Other people come ready to go. And that's a referral, a referral. It's a free case that comes ready. So I I realized I'll specialize in that. And then I I did that work for a lot of people. And then I found out that lawyers were uh, aggressive advertisers, the most aggressive advertisers. They're mentally engaged people. They're people who live by their mind, by their brain, by distinctions, thoughts, observations, perceptions. So I could talk to them in a language that they immediately recognized. And they never said to me, never, but a single lawyer ever said to me, um, do you have a background in psychology? What's your degree? What's your?" Nobody ever asked me that. They just literally responded to understanding. So I would ask them questions. They would tell me things. I'd say, okay, well, here's what that means. And they go, wow. So I found that, A, I can bond with lawyers, I like lawyers, referrals is the most important thing in the world, so then I focused on referrals. So in focusing on referrals, I made a couple of great distinctions, but I shouldn't let the cat out of the bag because that's what you're gonna ask me after, right? But I did notice some big distinctions, and so lawyers that I work with get a lot more referrals than lawyers who don't work with me, and they all operate according to uh, certain misconceptions. But anyway, as to my story, I was a very, very lazy guy with a little bit of aptitude, who was very focused on finding the right market, the right specialty, and I found referrals and I found personal injury lawyers. And it's nice of you to say that in one of the worlds, whatever, I'm the only one. I'm alone in that niche. I'm the guy who knows how to get referrals for lawyers, period. Period. Well, that's what
1: thought leadership is, Tom. So one of my mentors, a man by the name of Matt Church says, an expert is someone who knows how to do something, but a thought leader is someone who's known for knowing how to do something. So that's a very powerful distinction because if you're known as the only guy who does this, that's a fabulous piece of positioning that allows you to pretty much attract clients at will. Clients at will. Trout trout and Reese. Yes, That's their book. Yes, in a nutshell, the twenty-two
0: immutable laws of marketing. Phenomenal book. Phenomenal book. Right. and the book can be summed up by saying, create a category, own it. That's it. Own a category, and so I did that. I listened to them. Well done. Well done. So
1: look. Me having you on the show is fantastic because it's gonna be good for you. Lots of my listeners are gonna listen, they're gonna learn from you, they're gonna be interested in 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 finding out about you, they're gonna check you out. You may get some business out of it, which would be a wonderful thing. But it's also good for me because I get to learn from you. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make myself a little bit of a, a case study, even though I'm not a personal injury lawyer here with what you do because i think this is fascinating and i'd like to learn about this i'd like to learn how this can be useful how i can do this sort of thing better because like you i believe referrals are a fantastic way to get business and I'm actually writing a book with the owner of BNI Canada. BNI is the largest referral organization in the world. This fellow owns the Canadian franchise of BNI. His name is Kai Bjorn. We're calling it The Power of Connecting. So this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. So, Tom, I have a business. It's called E Circle Academy. We go after Two groups of people. First group we go after are prospective thought leaders, experts, and folks who have a real expertise that are getting clients, but they're not maximizing that. They want to get it to the next level. And some of them may even be burning out. They don't want to burn themselves out. So we're able to help them primarily with getting more clients, but we're also able to help them work less, which assists with eliminating burnout. So that's our first group. Second group of folks we, we are working with, and this is brand new for us, is folks who own clinics. Uh, These are private clinics like uh, naturopaths, chiropractors, physiotherapists, RMTs, et cetera, et cetera. And the types of folks that we work with here have been in business for at least three years, have seen at least 500 patients, but the majority of them are not making a million dollars in income a year from their clinic. And we say, hey, we can help you do that. So these are the two groups we're going after, and we're super interested in getting better at referrals. So, talk to me. What are we doing wrong, and what could we be doing differently? What are you doing
0: that is intended to get referrals, and does it get the referrals?
1: So, we have a referral program. We actually offer our existing clients goodies for giving us referrals. So, we give them a uh, a referral fee. We acknowledge them at our events. We also give them swag and things like that. Uh, that's pretty much what we're doing, and it's worked somewhat, but. It it definitely hasn't been working
0: phenomenally well. All right, so let me tell you a couple of things. First of all, reciprocity is a very, very powerful compliance trigger. If you ever read Robert Cialdini and his work on the the six most powerful compliance triggers, reciprocity is one. Yep. And the, the illustration that he gives in his book, Influences of the Hare Krishna Folks, standing in the airport handing out flowers. Yep. And they give the flower in a really nice way with eye contact and say, please accept our love offering. And then the businessman on his way to his flight takes the love offering. And then and then he say, now would you please make a donation to our temple? And then the guy tries to give the flower back. He says, oh no, that's your your gift. And he's stuck. He's literally hardwired. I can't go to my flight until I give this person something. So they reach in their pocket and they give a, a bill and they run off and they drop the flower in the garbage and they get on their plane. And the hierarchy of folks go and scoop up the flowers of the garbage and give away some more. So that's how they used to do their thing. So reciprocity is very, 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 very powerful. And everything that you said, the language that you, used to, you used to describe your referral program had to do with quid pro quo reciprocity. It had to do with the assumption that someone's going to pay you back because you're good. So, now when I apply that to lawyers, and everyone's listening, only some are lawyers who are listening, but it's a terrible frame to operate referrals out of for lawyers. Mm-hmm. So, let me first tell you why re- reciprocity is a bad frame for lawyers, okay? Sure. So, a, per- a person, and then it will come back to you. So, because every business is different and every business can have great referral systems, and some work for some industries and not for others for various reasons, okay? So with a lawyer, so a lawyer is a personal injury lawyer, and he gets a very badly injured person, and the person is not connected, and so they have to go through Google, and they go through the whole fearful process of trying to find a lawyer. Then they go and see the lawyer, and the lawyer kind of gets the retainer signed, and now they have a lawyer, and the lawyer is very determined to nurture this client because all great law firms are like that, so they have very, very compassionate cases managers, and they manage the relationship. And then the lawyer at some point wants to get referrals. And so they'll say something like, and hey, Joe, if you ever come across anybody who's injured and needs lawyers, please give them my card. And what the lawyer is really, really, really saying is, gimme, please gimme, 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 gimme. Everything they're saying is gimme, gimme, gimme. So imagine how the person takes that. Now, the lawyer was excellent. The lawyer probably got them a great settlement. And the lawyer's staff brilliantly and beautifully nurtured the person. And yet the the message is still gimme. It's like, hey, bro, I, I got you a great settlement. We treated you like gold. Send me a case, bro. Now, supposing bro sends the case, all right? Fantastic. The lawyer is very appreciative. And then the lawyer is going to thank them and say, Thank you so much for sending me a case because I love cases. Thank you for giving me what I want because I love cases. Give me cases. Give me, I love, thank you for giving me what I want a case, right? So the whole thing is all about give me, give me, give me what I want and reciprocity. Now, here's the major flaw number one, it's unlikely to happen in that reciprocity frame. Number two, if the lawyer gets the referral and says, Thank you so much for giving me a case, I love you, give, give me more, give me more, give me more. Here's the, here's the client now. They've been injured. They've been made whole. They got a nice settlement. Let's just say they got $200,000 settlement. That means the lawyer got $100,000. Then the lawyer says, thanks for the referral. And then the person in the back of their mind thinks, wow, he got $100,000 for my case. He got $50,000 for my friend's case. And he's asking for more cases. I mean, he's a wonderful guy. He did a great job. But really, their brain shuts down. Their brain is not searching for opportunities to give this guy more cases who's a lovely guy who made $150,000. You see why reciprocity doesn't work? Yeah, I'm kind of seeing that for sure. Okay. Now, in lawyer referral marketing, there's such a thing as a double-digit referrer. So if you're a lawyer, it applies to everybody, but let's stick with lawyers for a second. You really have two jobs. One is to turn zeros into ones. In other words, to take all people who could refer, 95, to 6, or 7% who never will, and to try to get that first referral. And there are ways to set it up to make that likely. But then the more important when you get the first referral to create momentum so that person keeps referring. So we have something called a double-digit referrer where someone has sent 10 cases to a law firm. And sometimes it's employee and sometimes it's client. And it's a person who referred and got the right acknowledgement and encouragement, and they kept on going. And they were a person who was sort of in the flow of life and bumped into a lot of people. And the reticular activation system was highly engaged because of the emotional rewards they got for referring. So that's the basic overview of why reciprocity is not a good frame. If we go to a clinic, now, every clinic's different. And it depends on the, on the matter, the issue, the emotional, you know, but there's probably a transactional way to encourage referrals that would work. But I, I just want you to caution yourself on the languaging because when you say, okay, let me tell you what lawyers do this, what my lawyer clients do that's totally different from any lawyers anywhere. Um, A referral is not you giving me a case. A referral is an amazing person who cares so much about their friends that they extend themselves to make sure their friends and loved ones are looked after. So if someone sends you a case, you don't say thanks for giving me a case. What you say is you're amazing. That's literally the script. You're amazing. Many people wouldn't have done that. You cared enough about your friends. You thought enough about your friends. You paid it forward. Now, in the background of this, somebody who finds a law firm, and this is very, very particular to personal injury law in the United States, it's an unconnected person who's suddenly injured. They don't know what to do. They go to a lawyer that's scary. Then the lawyer conducts the case in a certain way. Now, how does the lawyer get the client referring? I'll give you uh, an example. I call it the referral contract. At one, at one time, nobody heard this who hadn't paid me $10,000. And then at another point, as it is with quote-unquote thought leaders, then they can start giving away their material because – they're farther ahead at the piece, if you know what I mean, right? 100%. Listen, people
1: are giving away more and more material these days, and what they're actually creating for clients, that clients are willing to pay for, is powerful experiences of it working, right? So, the experience is what they're willing to pay for, not the information, because the experience is what gives them transformation
0: inside their business. Right, Okay. So here's the referral contract. And you never use the word if, and I can explain the brain reason to why. But the reason why you do it this way is because you're creating what I call a perpetual forward search. You say to the person, in the midst of connection, in the midst of your connection in the intake when they take on the case, or in or at the at different stages in the case, the languaging is, And Joe, whenever somebody you know or care about has a similar need, let's make sure they're taken care of. Because you know what? If you hadn't come to our law firm, you might have been another one of those people that the insurance company disenfranchised and and you would have given up and you wouldn't be where you are now. So whenever somebody you care about is injured and needs a lawyer, have them call me or you call me. Will you do that? And the person goes, "Uh uh-huh. And they say, you will. And they go, yeah. And then you say, that's amazing. And then there's ways to follow up with that person. And that's basically a referral program for a personal injury law firm, which is building the identity in that person that they're the amazing person who looks out for their friends. But to bring it back to clinics, give me an example of a clinic. Well, let's say it's a chiropractic clinic. Okay.
1: So they do adjustments and ART and that sort of thing. And, you know... In the case of our business, we're like a consultancy, if you will.
0: So, what is the offer to people for referring? What is the lang- what do they see or hear that encourages them to refer?
1: Honestly, it's hey, we've got a rewards program. We want to reward you for helping us grow the community, and here are the rewards you get for helping us grow the community. For just making an introduction, you get X. If someone ends up signing up for us, you get X and Y, that
0: sort of thing. Oh, okay, so has the intake, has the initial meeting between the chiropractor or the representative of the chiropractor, is there a formal structured intake that has strategic communication objectives and meets them, is measurable, and it's overseen, and there's training involved? Uh, yes. Okay, so the structure of that is where the referral frame would be established, and it's a bit tricky. because. A lot of people have back pain. A lot of people have pain, and you want them to advocate. To, so everybody who finds the right healer is going to tell their friends who have aches and pains about their new healer, right? For sure, they will. So, but what makes it unsuccessful? What makes it so that people hesitating? Or what makes it so people are? So let let me
1: let me backtrack. So our business is we aren't we aren't a healing business. We're a consulting business, right? We want to get our clients who are clinics to refer to us. So- okay. So, because those guys on the referral side, actually, believe it or not, it's not a big issue for them. Because, as you say, if their friends are in pain, they'll say, go see my chiropractor, go see my massage therapist.
0: Yeah, clinics refer to us. So, you want your clinic, you want your clients to send you more clients like them. You got it. I want clinic owners to send this clinic, other clinic owners.
1: I want coaches and consultants to send this other coaches and consultants. Do these folks have
0: uh, publications that they all, subscribe to that's a good question probably but i don't know what they are mm-hmm. are they heard Do they have a herd mentality in that particular business hmm.
1: again i don't know I, I i would assume the answer is yes but i don't know for a fact
0: because hmm. in the back in the day Jay abraham had 93 referral systems and basically they fall into certain categories you can mandate referrals where there's a, a process and you say, like if you were if you were taking somebody into your business and you said, you know, the fee is X and we have a program where we discount the fee, if you'd like to hear about it. This is an old referral system that financial planners use. You know, I I offer you a financial plan. It's $1,500. In some cases, we're willing to waive all or part of the fee if you want to know about that. Just ask me, oh, really? How do I do that? Well, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't like to be marketing all the time. And when I meet a person like you, I say, this is what, this is my jam. Having quality people like you, when you can bring me three or four people of the quality of you, your fee is waived or two people are, you know, so there's a transactional way you can waive, use a fee and wave it to get referrals are you familiar with patty lund the dentist in australia who's quite famous for a referral system actually i'm not but i i it sounds like i should become familiar with her yeah him, uh, him. patty lund was a you know there's there's a st- stat that says dentists are all suicidal <laughs> i yeah. don't know if that's true but this particular individual was a very unhappy australian dentist he i think he was making about 60,000 a year working his bag off and he had an insight or he had an inspiration or he had a desperation, desperate need to make a change. So he brought all his clients in one by one, the, those he wanted to keep. He fired most of them because there were pains in the neck and they didn't pay. And he just didn't want to live that way anymore. He said, I'm going to change my dental business. I'm going to dedicate it to dental happiness. And here are the conditions. So he'd have a, and he's a nice Australian guy, so we talked about a bargain. So he'd get together with each of his patients and say, here's the bargain. I'm going to do all this for you. And he described a whole bunch of extraordinary, extra uh, beneficial services and nurturings that his practice would now represent. And he'd say, and I do have two conditions. One is that the, there's no receivables. You pay at the time the service is delivered. I expect you to take my recommendations. I expect you to trust me as your dentist, knowing that I would never recommend you do something you didn't need to do. But when I do recommendation, I expect you to take it because you're my patient and I expect for you to pay for it in time. And th- and there's only one other thing. And then we're, we're good. And the client would say, well, what's the other thing? Well, I also require you to bring two people of the same quality as you as a condition of doing the business. And guess what the most common re- response that he heard from his patients when he put forth that uh, bargain? They want to take him up on it? They all said, can I only send two? Really? Wow. Because, people, because, and this, you know, you understand this perfectly, perceived value, right? The The perceived value of a thing is inversely proportionate to its availability. Something that's not available is intriguing and you chase it. And something that's read, too readily available, hey, it'll be there whenever I get around to it. So I'm not going to put any attention on it. So he leveraged that principle very well. So you can make doing referrals a condition of doing business transactionally, and he showed a a way to do that. When you're talking about clinic owners, though, I just don't know how they group. I don't know if they trust each other, if they feel they're all together, and how they talk to each other. That's the part that I would need to know to be able to suggest something for for that group. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Mm I don't know the answer to that, to tell you the truth. I would,
1: I would imagine they trust each other, or at least they trust some of the people in the group. And I would imagine that they look to some of the, the uh, early adopters in the group in terms of helping guide their thinking. But that's all speculation.
0: Right. Well, there are tactics. There are tons and tons and tons of tactics. In other words, what I'm saying is the stuff that I developed for the personal injury law firm was very specific, and I went really deep with them. There are really, really good referral systems that would be perfect. And you're talking about this not personal injury law firm, unless, you know, some crazy dynamics exist in that industry like they do in the personal injury.
1: Well, that's an interesting question.
0: I don't know the answer
1: to that. I don't think so. The world of coaches and consultants right now, a lot of people are going online to get business from those groups. Every day there seem to be a thousand Uh, Well, 1,000 a day is probably not right, but 10 to 20 new people a day claiming they can help them grow their businesses. So it's very hard for people that are legitimate to stand out from that sea of sameness anymore. You know what I mean? It's one of the reasons that we became more interested in working with clinic owners because, quite frankly, the, A, we, we have a lot of expertise in helping them, especially my better half, Teresa. She worked in that space. She gets how to do this. So we're excited to, to help them because we know how to do it. But not as many people are trying to go and help those folks. The barriers to entry are, are bigger, but everybody and their brother can say, I know how to help coaches and get away with it. Quite. So what you're saying is, if we put this in the form of a case study, is it's important to understand the dynamics of your industry, how people behave, the the psychological makeup of the folks in the industry before you can determine what the best referral
0: methodologies are. Yeah, and credibility is always a big issue. You know, in some industries you can pay a spiff, and it's not cheesy, it's not immoral, illegal, or whatever. And then in some industries, it's considered to be really, really tacky and don't even go there. So I know a guy in, in one U.S. state who pays a C-note to tow truck o- operators. That's considered to be horrendously inappropriate, and he would be disbarred in some other place, and he gets away with it in one state. So it's, it's very different what's acceptable and what's uh, too grasping. And, and sometimes money is perfect. Sometimes money is disagreeable in that context. So you, gotta, you, gotta, you do have to finesse it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so this whole concept, this whole
1: subject, excuse me, of referrals and how to appropriately create a referral system is a very
0: powerful one, Tom. It is. Well, I th- think of it this way. I mean, it's simply, if everybody gave you a referral, you double your business from that. Easily. So if you can yeah. well, if, I mean, precisely, precisely. If everyone gave you one, you double from that. And so if there's anything more important that you can do in marketing, go do that. But when you're finished doing that, this is probably the second most important thing, or actually, this is probably the most important thing. So take care of this. Take care of getting your free excellent clients.
1: You know, I think what you do is powerful and we've discussed this offline before, because I think that what you're doing for personal injury lawyers has applications to many other markets other than personal injury lawyers. And the demand for it is absolutely huge. So one of the ways in which Tom St. Louis can grow his impact and grow his income quite dramatically is to pick an additional target market other than personal injury lawyers for whom to develop this kind of of system for. Because if you can do that, and I know you can… And you start to implement it with some of these folks, you'll dramatically grow the size of your business. And the other thing that you can do, obviously, is go after lawyers that currently don't know about you Mm -hmm. and and implement some of your own methodology in getting some of the lawyers you're working with to refer folks to you, because that would powerfully
0: increase your impact and your income. Yeah, and it does work. The referrals from lawyer to lawyer are exceedingly powerful because the lawyers show up you know, if the top lawyer in one state tells the top lawyer in another state at the back of a conference room, "Psst, the real guy is Tom St. Louis, and here's what he did, and here's what we're getting. And then the number one guy in that state calls me at the behest of the other guy. I mean, it's done. It is it, done. It it's is done. done. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's very powerful. So I think that's important. And I think moving on to a different industry segments is also important. Those two things, if you do those right, are going to dramatically help you grow your business. And that's our thought leadership, right, around leverage and moving into new yeah. markets and all that stuff. We've we've helped do that for a bunch of people. So I, I would imagine that you'd probably tell me it's important for us to maybe have some good case studies of people that we've helped so that when we do get our referral systems in motion it's easier to, to sell them if you will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm enjoying this conversation. So so what else Tom? What's important for people to understand when it comes to creating and developing and implementing referral systems?
0: First thing to know about a referral is it's not about you. It's about the other person. A referrer is somebody who extended themselves to help somebody else. That's the, that's the that's the key distinction. Once you understand that Things start to change. Uh, How to thank a referral. If somebody refers, you don't say, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me a case. You say, thank you for sending your friend. Amazing. We're going to take as good care of them as we took care of you. And just keep in mind, whenever anybody you care about has got this problem, we're here for you and we're here for them. Don't let them go to those other guys. You know what can happen. Let's make sure they're taken care of. You're amazing. So referrals is all about a person who cared about others. It's a completely different frame. And you're not going to nail this frame in one second. But it's a complete shift in mindset that it's necessary. It's it's a fundamental necessity to be able to do all the other things. Here's another thing that's extremely powerful. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple of really good clues. Imagine you go into a dentist's office and there's a picture of Joyce Shapiro up on the wall and says, uh, patient of the month. Now, certain people who just paid Dr. Sheldon something $7,000 are going to wonder, how the hell is Joyce Shapiro patient of the month? And she's going to ask the dentist. And he's going to say, well, Joyce is a wonderful person, as you know, and she's been coming here a while. And, you know, she's, she's very trusting. We recommended something. She did them. She's very happy. And, and, you know, she did send a couple of her friends and that meant a lot. Boom, there's the clue. Ah, so if I want Dr. Sheldon something, something's love like Joyce Shapiro has it, I'll send referrals. Hmm. That's interesting. So that's a clue from the dental industry wherein you're using group psychology. So here's how it works in a law firm, and it can easily work in many other professional service firms. In a law firm, we have ways of uh, quote-unquote strategically inducing people to give a five-star review and post it. That's a whole deep psychological thing, and that's like two hours. But we, I figured out a way to do that, to get people to post five-star reviews and to uh, create, stage it so that they become extremely effusive and they give the praise from what I call infinite praise frame. So when people do that, and when people refer, we invite them to a party to recognize them. And when they come to the party, what we're trying to do is uh, touch them at the level of, um, I call it significant contribution. If you look at Maslow's hierarchy and where people experience self-actualization in the highest, most fulfilling feelings that a person can have, it's usually an artistic expression or receiving awards for contributions, right? That's like the highest thing you could possibly do. And a lot of these people haven't received a plaque since they won the spelling, or they came second in spelling in grade two or whatever, right? So you create events in which you're able to recognize these people and give them little artifacts saying, you know, you're a community leader. You helped out these people. Here's a plaque. Let's take a photo of you receiving your plaque. Let's take a photo of you shaking hands and receiving a plaque like you're a person receiving an award. Now let's give you that nice plaque and you take that plaque home. When's the last time that person won a plaque? The plaque is about how amazing they were for looking out for others. It starts to confer an identity upon this person like you're one of those people who takes care of others. That person could be a mean crank, you know, everywhere else in life. But we might have found that one thing in them and just poured some sunlight on that thing and grew that thing. And now with respect to us specifically, they really are that person because of the rewards and recognition they've gotten. You follow me so far? Yes. So law firms cannot reach the topmost level of referring without holding these parties because of the artifacts they create. Imagine you have a client base that's sitting out there in a kind of half awake state. You know, they know you represent represent value. They know you're good, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then in their email, they get an invitation to this event. Oh, it's going to be great. And there's going to be hors d'oeuvres or we're bringing this entertainer. And they don't RSP or they do RSVP. They RSVP and they don't come or whatever. And the event happens and there's wonderful images of people receiving trophies or plaques or parchment. And then, um, goes to the database, the message, oh man, too bad you missed it. Look, and here's some pictures and here's so-and-so and here's a little video of this person giving a little speech after getting their award. Now all those people are folded in to the idea that, ah, I can get some really, really powerful, highly priced feelings by doing this thing called referring. Subliminally, if the people start realizing, if I send my friends, I can be that wonderful person who helps others and gets acknowledged and re- rewarded for for it. So in effect, what you're doing is you're programming the reticular activation system of a group. You're creating a high level of priority on them noticing a certain thing and it having a certain meaning. I like it. I really do.
1: It's, it's using psychology powerfully to, to basically trigger the innate motivation of people to be recognized for being
0: good. Thank you. Trigger is a key important word, okay? Now, think of all the referring that you know. Everybody thinks that goodwill equals a referral program. But goodwill with no triggers is like a bank of embers waiting for a trigger. You said exactly the right word. There has to be a trigger. So the reticular activation system causes you to notice something. I'm going to give you my best example of the reticular activation So Well, you know that, for example, if you buy a red Miata – You're going to drive around and suddenly you're going to say, how the hell did there get to be so so many red Miatas in this town suddenly? But the number of red Miatas didn't increase. You're noticing increase. So that's the principle of the reticular activation system, very simply. But here's a more um, compelling example. If somebody busted down your door in the middle of the night and put a gun to your head and said, the new regime has taken over, you're not Nikki Baloo. We'll be sending your instructions within a week. Uh, Your name is now Esteban. Be listening. And then he left, and you know, you got up and you put your door back and you went to sleep and you woke up in the morning and said, What the hell's happened to this country? Then you went down to the street to get a coffee, and while you're walking towards the coffee street, somebody goes, Esteban. At that moment, every hair on your body would would stand up, wouldn't it? Wouldn't adrenaline like course your system? In this instant, you would have no choice about your mental focus. Your mental focus would be totally taken on by somebody saying the word Esteban, even though 16 hours before it meant nothing so in other words the reticular activation system is highly scalable and you can create a very high priority on a certain reference and its meaning and you can do it directly and you can do it indirectly so directly you know you put a gun to their head and you say the thing about Esteban obviously wouldn't do that but that would be directly programming the reticular activation system having the patient of the month thing on the wall is another way of programming the reticular activation system of a group more subtly but that's the game Tom, it's brilliant. It's
1: genius. So I've really, really enjoyed this talk. It's fantastic. How do people who are listening to this program, who are personal injury lawyers or no personal injury lawyers, or or are just interested in
0: learning from you, get in touch with you? Okay. Well, I have a very, very terrible website, which convinces no one, but it's there. SmartLawyerMarketing.com. And you'll find out how to contact me there. But basically, I get... referrals (laughs) because I'm the referral guy. And that's the really actual way I promote myself.
1: I love it. So smartlawyermarketing.com. We'll make sure that we put that in the show notes. So anyone who wants to get in touch with you can get in touch with you. I've I've been fascinated by this interview. It, It really has been an eye opener. So thank you, Tom. Thank you. We like to end off each and every single one of our interviews by asking you, our expert guest, what are your top three expert action steps that you recommend our listener use to grow their business, to be the best version of themselves
0: inside of their business? What say you? Well, the two greatest marketing strategies in the world are referrals and joint ventures. Joint ventures are overlooked, but if somebody who has your customer. There's somebody who's gone to all the trouble of getting that customer, winning their trust. And if you're in a relationship with somebody who has all those customers, they could refer you cases or clients in the dozens. So that's networking in a high leverage way. High leverage networking is probably the smartest thing you can do. So that's my one, my two and my three all right there. I love
1: it, man. I love it. That's fantastic. So, listener, you are listening to the one and only Tom St. Louis, uh, Tom St. Louis, excuse me, and you know this man's the real deal. And you might be thinking to yourself, wow, Nicky, this guy's awesome. I've really learned a lot. But I don't know if I can be like him. Can I be like him? And there's that seed of doubt planted in your psyche. And here's what I have to say to you. Yes, you can but you can't do it alone you need help you need someone to help you see who you really are to help you see how great you are and i'm the someone to do it for you all you need to do in order to get my help is go to my website ecircleacademy.com go to the button in the top right hand corner that says book your success call now and you go and click on that button you fill out a short application form and based on what we read in that application, if, if if we feel that, hey, you're a good person and we can really help you, we're going to give you this call absolutely free. There's going to be no fee for it. So go ahead and do that. Make sure that you take the time to fill out the application form that comes along with it. And let's help you eradicate the doubts that you're feeling. Let's make sure that you're never, ever again disbelieving the greatness that is you and that you are utilizing the god-given gifts that you have in the way that you were intended because you've got the right help you've got the right support to make it happen for you it'd be our pleasure and our privilege to make that real for you tom st louis my friend thank you so much for being on the show brother thank you sir And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's guest, the one and only Tom St. Louis, the king of referrals, go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com, check out the show notes, and get in touch with him through the website link that he's given us. And until next time, goodbye.